Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So I had just gotten back from the SEC basketball tournament, sat down, we were getting ready to tape the podcast, and I look at my Twitter feed, and there's... A tweet from Tom Brady, which I was convinced had to be wrong. Had to be wrong because, you know, sometimes people play these pranks and they they, they do these things and they, they make it look like somebody else's Twitter feed, but you got to look hard and, and you see if there's a blue check. Well, there was. It was Tom Brady. And, and it said he was coming back to play his 23rd year in Tampa Bay. LFG, and I'm telling you, uh, it's one of those you remember where you were when. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget just the feeling I had about, oh my god, like this is real. Like he's really doing this. Tom Brady is back, and he's back with the Buccaneers. So, in full disclosure, I had just gotten to Amelie Arena. The yeah. Lightning are playing a late night game in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and so we were sitting down to record the podcast. We were yeah. actually going to try to do it at Amelie Arena together, but that's a whole other story. I'll be happy to tell that because <laughs> you were you were covering the SEC media tournament where the Tennessee Volunteers. Not, no, not the media tournament. The, uh, the SEC yeah, men's basketball, basketball tournament. tournament. Yeah. It felt like the media tournament because those <laughs> those of us who were still surviving in advanced were sitting there writing our stories. When thank you, Rob Higgins, but the the Emily Arena staff or whoever was coming in next was taking apart the place, and they told us they needed to take the the, the tables down where we were working. It was like, hey, are you guys wrapping up? Because we're going to take these down. I was like, no, I'm still, does it look like I'm done? I'm sitting here actually typing the story. Fortunately, I was at the end of it and not the beginning, but holy cow, did they turn that over fast. So yeah, that, I was annoyed by that to begin with. We can get into the SEC tournament, how much I love Tennessee if I were doing brackets right now. They're really a good fo- uh, football team, good uh, basketball yeah, They're team. not a good football team, but a good basketball team. They're not team. a good football team. <laughs> Although they got a few guys that probably could play football, believe me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I get kicked out of there where I, I, we were going to do it from there live because you were coming over to produce the, uh, the lightning game that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I raced home kind of like got up here. It was about what it had to be around seven o'clock. Yep. Right around there somewhere, seven, seven, ten, something like that. And, and then, then all plans were out the window. And for that matter, all my, I won't sleep now for another year. Neither will you. And all of Tampa Bay is, is going to be waking up. Uh, to the news, some, something that had been talked about, will he, won't he, is he really retired? Uh, you know, Would he go someplace else? Does he really want to go play for the 49 All that stuff. I, I well, thought week no. one he was playing for the 49 I thought it was set in stone. Week one he'll be playing for the 49 That's what I keep hearing. Well, my, my good friend um, at Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, is convinced of it. Or at least that was the hill he was willing to die on. Well, Scott Pioli's still hedging his bets on that. He's still saying he doesn't believe it. Yeah, I, Scott, I, look, I think the reaction around the league was one of two things. It was, either, it was either sort of like, holy crap, he's really playing? Or, oh, my God, is he really playing again? You know, sort of like, oh, no, because he's going to kick our butts, you know, one more year. If like, he was going to play in San Francisco, you don't time the announcement 
less than 24 hours prior to free agency talking period so that everyone that you want to play with signs in Tampa Bay. That's not how you would work that out. You would say you're coming back later when they make a trade. You'd wait for them to, to, to address the quarterback position. Absolutely. Well, sure. Well, not only that, but, I mean, you know, the reason he announced it on Sunday mm-hmm. and look at Ryan Jensen signing a contract, we'll mm-hmm. get to that, is mm-hmm. that, hey, I want to put the band back together. Rob Gronkowski. Absolutely. Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Carlton Davis. Yeah. Name yeah. your other players that you want you want back. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I want to put the band back together. Don't go sign somewhere else. I'm back. Absolutely. So I'm back, but I'm going to San Francisco in a couple months. That makes right. zero sense. Right. Exactly. You mean once he announced he was back, he clearly was coming back to Tampa Bay. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think if he was going someplace else, that, that announcement would have come much later after you know the band had dispersed. But but he actually he did want them to stay together. And well, I'll go one more thing, and not coincidentally. Look, the Bucks were active in some talks with, uh, I think, the Houston Texans, probably looking at some other quarterbacks as well. Deshaun Watson was one of the guys that they had been pursuing. Um, we've been reading reports all day about, you know, how basically all the NFC South, except for Atlanta, the Saints, the Carolina Panthers, uh, were both pursuing Watson, as was the Seattle Seahawks, just to name a few. He was giving, getting get permission to talk to those teams that were he was interested in going to because he has a no-trade clause in his contract. Um, as it turns out, and I, I, I kind of texted with Bruce Arians quite a bit when all this news broke on Sunday night, um, Bruce you know, sort of reassured me. He goes, you know, look, I, I don't think that was going to happen anyway with Deshaun Watson. Now, he didn't say because the owners didn't sign off or because we weren't willing to pay the draft capital, whatever. There's a lot of moving parts with that, right? Um, Watson has a no-trade clause. But then the Texans want to maximize his value and get three number ones, preferably from a team that doesn't pick twenty seventh overall. Uh, you know, so there the, there probably was quite a few hurdles to Watson that we weren't even aware of. But um, they were going to have to do something at the quarterback position. And and Tom, one of the reasons I felt that Tom let them know what he did so early because uh, it was early. It was only forty one days ago. Now forty two days ago, as you hear this podcast, but. The reason he let them know was so that they could make plans, so that they could address the position. And to be honest with you, there were no great solutions. I mean, you know, short of Watson somehow coming here, it looked, and that would have cost, you know, that would have mortgaged a good bit of their future. And we're going to talk about the salary cap in a minute, but that would have been draft picks, et cetera. Um, they were looking at re-signing Blaine Gabbert, which they still may do, and and Kyle Trask, and then bringing in another free agent, you know, who might you know, pop up or, uh, or someone they know like a Teddy Bridgewater or Mitch Trubisky, somebody like that to compete for the starting job. And that, that's really what they were looking at. I mean, this team, I had a friend of mine, um, who, who texted my wife, uh, cause he works with her and, and he's a season ticket holder and has been for years. And he texted her and he goes, you know what? At least they're relevant again. And I thought about that and that's exactly what happened on Sunday. The Bucks went from off the radar where they have been really since, according to my sources, Tom Brady is going to retire. He ends his career after 22 years. Remember that? Remember the, remember the, the, the 48 hours that mm-hmm. ensued where there was kind of like radio silence and we're waiting for a white puff of smoke or something from Brady to acknowledge that Schefter was right and Jeff Darlington was right? Well, he did that. And 
that sort of confirmed their initial report. But at no time during the time he was out uh, until Sunday, I think, did anybody truly believe he was going to stay out because he didn't sound like he believed it. He kept talking about how, you know, you never say never. Um, I've spent the last five weeks with my family traveling, and I wanted some family time, and I've done that. We'll see what happens. You know, he, he hedged every way you can hedge about a career decision. And I've talked to people close to Brady that said, look, you got to give these guys, and especially Tom, like 90 days. Like, you know, they've never been, in, even in their minds, retired. Now, now Brady probably didn't do anything different this offseason than he's ever done, including, from what we understand, you know, carrying around the TB12 jugs of water and the plyometrics and Alex Guerrero and all that stuff. So he's kept himself, you know, it's been very similar to any offseason where you don't really feel retired because you're not missing games. Um, but it wasn't just an itch. I, he just never completely got over it. And I still, I don't know that we'll ever know why he felt the need to announce the retirement in the first place. Um, his dad told a Boston TV station that he felt he was pressured from outside sources. I'm not sure what that means. Is that, is that Adam Schefter? I don't know. Um, but the reality is the greatest quarterback of all time is going to play at least one more year in Tampa Bay, and they're going to do everything, and I mean everything, mortgage more future years, whatever it takes uh, to try to make, make another run in a Super Bowl, and they should. Absolutely. But I thought Tom Brady and Bruce Arians didn't get along. I thought Bruce Arians was to blame for Tom Brady retiring and pressuring him to retire now, apparently, right? Well, <laughs> again, I, I I know these narratives were out there and I battled them. It really, you know, that that one really uh, ticked Bruce Ar- Arians off because, you know, when, when I think it was a former um, Patriots player, that's on radio and, 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 you know, writes on social media had said um, that, you know, Brady, Brady's relationship with Arians had soured. He talked about him drawing a a red line through the game plan before the final Rams game, Um, a figurative red line, if you will. He talked about a lot of stuff that wasn't true. And, and, you know, we've had this, this discussion on the podcast about how Arians, I was going back and forth with him about something else. And he was just kind of like, Hey, how do I, you know, how do I battle this? Like, I, this really ticks me off. I want to say something. It's like, okay. So we wrote a story about it, and and he was adamant. It just, you know, I think people, and look, I I got if, if I got nothing but, you know, respect for Mike Florio when he is done with Pro Football Talk. He is right a lot more than he's wrong. To be honest with you, he and he didn't have any facts here, and he didn't present them as such. He just had a really good feeling. Um, that that Brady was going to come back, and if he did, it wasn't going to be with the Bucks. It was going to be with the 49ers. And I completely understand that thinking because the 49ers are the one team, right, that he grew up rooting for as a kid at Candlestick Park. You know, you could see the appeal to being part of that quarterback hierarchy that includes Joe Montana and Steve Young and maybe Tom Brady before he was through playing, going back to San Mateo where his mom and dad are and where he grew up. Uh, but he, he visited there a couple weeks ago and slept at his old bunk beds. Um, so that, that made sense unless or until you understand Brady a little bit more. And I, and I don't profess to be any way, shape, and form an expert on Tom Brady. I mean, look, the first year we covered him by Zoom, right? Um, but I've gotten to know him a little bit. And 
the one thing I've seen is the edge that he has, that giant chip that he carries around, you know, along with that number 199 card from the NFL draft. And if there's one thing I know about Brady is that, you know, he 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 can he can find little things to become big things that motivate him. And not that he needs motivation, but he but the greatest of all players, you know, Michael Jordan used to make stuff up. I mean, that that's what he would do. You know, if there wasn't anything that that would make him crazy, he would create something. And with Brady, all I kept thinking was, you know, he's he's for 20 years he carried around this chip on his shoulder about how the 49ers, oh, by the way, every other team, including the Patriots, passed on him until pick number 199, and the Patriots got him back in, what was it, 2000. And the 49ers that year drafted a guy named Gino Carmazzi. Remember that? Never played uh, any significant time for the 49ers, but some relative unknown guy was taken by his hometown team. And and he always, that always bothered him, right? And then came the, the, the news, and it was true, that you know when he was looking for a place as a free agent after leaving the Patriots to sign, um, the one team that his representatives contacted, rather than waiting for somebody to contact his representatives, the one team they reached out to was the 49ers, and they were coming off the Super Bowl. They had just lost to Kansas City. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo played poorly in the fourth quarter especially. He missed some wide-open throws. He went like three for 11, I think, in the fourth quarter, and they blew a 10-point lead and lost to the Chiefs. And yet, Jimmy Garoppolo, a lot of years younger than Tom Brady, had just been signed to a big contract extension. So even if they traded him, they'd have taken an enormous salary cap hit um, you know, that year. And I re- I've talked to John Lynch. It was a discussion. They had, to, I mean, this is Tom Brady calling, and they had to talk about it. And they elected to stay with Garoppolo. We know what's happened since then. They've spent three number one draft picks on Trey Lance, and now Garoppolo is probably going to be shipped out of there um, after not making the Super Bowl any more times. But what I imagine Tom Brady thinking after this happened, because you remember that barbershop um, episode where he talked about, like, you know, yeah, there was this one team. I couldn't believe I told him you're going to go with that, you know, blankety blank again. Um what I can imagine Tom Brady saying is, hey, look, you passed on me in the draft, okay? I was in your backyard. I wanted to play for the 49ers. You drafted some guy I never heard of. And then you got 20 years of watching me win Super Bowls, et cetera, in New England. And then when I call you, when I'm a free agent, the only team that we contact and say we'd like to play there, you tell me no. Do you think that Tom Brady would give the 49ers a third chance to say no to him? Because that's what he'd be doing. He'd be coming hat in hand again saying, okay, how about now? And just the mere possibility that they would say, well, no, we've got our quarterback. We spent three number ones on him. I don't, there was no way Tom Brady was going to give them a third bite of the apple. No way, in my opinion. Um, you know, hometown team, idol, idolized Montana Young, be damned. I don't think he was going to give the Niners an opportunity to even say no. So that that's just my personal feeling about it. I don't have anything to base that on. It's just what I know about Brady. Uh, and, and, you know, if you get a second chance with this guy and you, and you don't take it, you know, then you're going to pay. And, oh, by the way, and this is not for the faint of heart if you're 49ers or a 49ers fan, the Bucks play in San Francisco this year. This – 
to me, this will be – it's not quite as big as him going back, obviously, to New England and playing Bill Belichick the year after he leaves there. And that was next to a Super Bowl, one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Him playing in his hometown in San Francisco against that 49ers team, that's going to be circled in red on his schedule. Promise you. That's going to be, that's going to be worth two bags of popcorn. If he has a chance to put it on them, he's going to. And the 49ers are a very good team, and they're not just going to let you run away with them. But I'm looking forward to that. So, but yeah, man, just what what a bizarre day. Like just, you know, from start to finish, you know, it, it, it was just nuts. And then, of course, you think anybody wanted to talk to me about Tom Brady? I saw oh you gosh. on NFL Network. Well, yeah, I did. And I did that. And I looked like a tomato can, by the way. I, I, I had just spent 20 minutes outside with my uh, with my daughter, who is, you know, a hockey nut. And she's whacking, you know, these little you know, street hockey uh, balls at me, and, and, and I'm playing Andre Vasilevsky at that point. And so I come inside, and, and um, I sat down at the computer, and then right away uh, NFL Network says, hey, can you come on? you got about 10 minutes. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. And so I got up there, and oof, I looked like I was a tomato can. But that aside, um, yeah, and then, you know, on today, if you don't have anything to do, folks, uh, you'll probably find me on one of your favorite TV shows, whether that's... Dan Patrick, Dan Rich Patrick Eisen. is called Rich Eisen. I'm going to do the trifecta. Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, and Colin Cowherd in the same day. That might be a record for me, even. Report on your uh, sources about Brady? Yeah, <laughs> according to my sources. <laughs> that's right. I don't know why he hasn't said so, but he's going to retire. you got to trust me. I know the story's true. No, I'm on Colin Cowherd. There's a source that says Brady's working oh, on Oh, that the, source, yeah. <laughs> no, Berkeley Prep. No. Somebody may have seen him from a helicopter. I don't know. I'll tell you, uh, I credit the Bucks and Brady for this. Obviously, this has been a discussion, right? But not as long as you think. Like From what I understand, it's been a few days. Now, they have talked on a consistent basis for the last, what, 41 days, 42 days now. Um, it hasn't always been about this. Mm-hmm. It's just they've stayed in touch. Hey, how you doing? What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't think this is also a coincidence. A couple of things happened over the last few days, and, and maybe Brady has known this for some time. I don't know. But I didn't think it was a coincidence. Obviously, the timing's not because today is the start of the free agent negotiating period. But you know where he was over the weekend? I saw. Yeah. He was in, at Old Trafford watching uh, Manchester United with his two sons, right, Jack and Benji. He was watching Manchester United play and Cristiano Ronaldo. It's a hat trick. With a hat trick in front of the goat. Two goats. Against Harry Kane and Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, against Tottenham. And you talk about a good sporting event, right? Like, who wouldn't want to be part of that? And he's up there watching this. And then there was a video, and our friend Greg Ogman of The Athletic posted this, and I guess his ears are better than mine because I couldn't hear anybody say anything. In fact, anyone's ears are better than mine. Um but he posted that Ronaldo, they're on the field together afterwards. This is like most of the people, I guess, have gone home. I don't know. But they're standing there together, and his, I think his sons are on the field too. And Ronaldo asks him, or more or less makes a statement. He goes, you're done, right? This is it for you or something like that? And I didn't hear him say it that way, but that's that was the literal translation, according to Greg and others. And Brady, you can tell by his face if, in fact, that was the question. Brady's face gives it away. Brady's face like, eh, you know how you make that kind of look like, mm, I'm not so sure, you know, that kind of thing. And you can see in that moment that he's not done playing. Like, And and for all I know, look, 
you know, this is the other thing about people talk about the Glazers and, and there was an assumption, and I don't I don't know that this is incorrect because I, I sort of put it out there too, that if Brady actually went to the Glazers and said, listen, I gave you the extra year for salary cap reasons. We were trying to keep the band together. Um, I never in play, in, intended to play here for three seasons, okay? And I've decided that for whatever reason, want to go home, don't think this team is any good, whatever. Um, if he went to them and said, please release me, let me go, the old country song, right? Um, I don't think that the Glazers would have stood in his way. And, you know, I know Bruce Arians was, you know, kind of the, you know, the tough guy and at the combine is like, no, bad business. We would never do that. You know, uh, we wouldn't let him go. I think it's, it's not, it's not a BA decision. It was a Glazer decision, but there he is in Manchester, England, with the Glazer, part members of the Glazer family, which I think would include Joel, who does a lot of that over there uh, for the family. And you have to believe that there had to be some discussions, you know, as, as recently as that. And so when I talked to Bruce Arians on Sunday night, he said, look, he, you know, the last few days especially have been, you know, they've kind of been on notice that this is happening. And they, you know, he said, like, you know, Tom has talked, he's talked to me, he's talked to Jason Light, and he's talked to the owners. And, you know, there he was in England. I mean, we saw he had access to the owners firsthand. And I think people, I think people miss the point, and I've heard this from Alex Guerrero and others, Brady is extremely grateful to the Glazers for what they, you know, first of all, you know, he was convinced, as he should have been, because they didn't offer him a contract, that the Patriots were done with him. I mean, all he had done in New England, they felt like they needed to move on. And maybe they did. You know, they've got Mac Jones. Maybe they're going to be fine. How long do you think he was going to still play at a high level? All those things, right? And so, but yet, you know, Brady's still kind of, Again, everything everything has an edge to him. And so he ended up here in Tampa. And they did bring in Rob Gronkowski. And they did claim Leonard Fournette. And there really wasn't a player that Tom Brady asked for, including Antonio Brown, twice. We know how the second time how it ended up. Um, that, that the Glazers and, and Jason Light didn't say didn't say yes to. Um, you know, they allowed Alex Guerrero to come in the facility and have an office, and work closely with, uh, you know, Bobby Slater and the trainers. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, the TB12 facility is a mile away, and all the players go there, or a good number of them, you know, for extra treatment and different things that only TB12 can provide them. I mean, there was virtually nothing. I've said this all along. I don't know what it is that Tom Brady would have asked for that they wouldn't have granted. What wish? What What is a bridge too far? I haven't found it. And so from that perspective, I think, think it Brady went to them and said, listen, I just I want to move someplace else. I want to do something else. Their gratitude would have been so large that I can't imagine they would have stood, stood in his way, regardless of what B.A. But, but his relationship with Jason Light, uh, his gratitude to the Glazers, not just theirs to him, but his to them, is, is so great that I, I don't think he would have considered playing anywhere else. I, I, I really do believe that he's happy here. Um, he's won here. I mean, they've won 29 games in two years. You know, look, if Todd Bowles makes a better defensive call, if Sean Murphy Bunning doesn't trip on the first pass to Cooper Cup, right, much less, you know, they have a cover zero and, and they don't get the call communicated or whatever, and 
they beat them down the field to set up a field goal. I mean, all those things kind of conspired to ruin one of the greatest stories ever, which would have been Brady coming back, you know, down 24 points to the Rams and beating them. And then they would have hosted San Francisco, and I'm convinced they would have won that game. And then they go to the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think they would have done what the Rams did. I think they would have won the game. Um, So Tom Brady could have had another Super Bowl, and it wasn't, you know, it was just a weird year, you know, with all the injuries, especially on the defensive side um, in that game to his offensive line, you know, with Tristan Wirfs going down, with Ryan Jensen playing hurt, with Josh Wells coming in and he was hurt. Um, but he still managed to get the job done. Look, he's the best quarterback in the league last year. You know, 5,316 yards, 43 touchdowns. This guy is absolutely balling, right? And, you know, it just it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time to walk away from football, and I think he knew that. And I think he knew it pretty quickly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's incredible, and for a Tampa Bay sports fan, for Tampa Bay, for, as you mentioned, your buddy, you said they're relevant again. I mean, they're the favorites to win the NFC South. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, tell me who your other quarterbacks are in the league, in the division. Matt Ryan, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe Deshaun Watson goes to New Orleans. or Watson could go to New Orleans or, or Carolina. Carolina. And, and look, New Orleans has their number, so we're mm-hmm. not just going to, like, you know. Yeah, but Sean fly. Payton's not there anymore either, so. He's not, and that's big, folks. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And Atlanta's still not rebuilt. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the favorites to win the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's no longer in the conference. True. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is back with Green Bay. so It's Aaron Rodgers. So you're going to have mm-hmm. to go through Green Bay again. And, and L.A. And the Rams. You're still going to have to go through L.A. Absolutely, you will. And, and, you know, if Trey Lance can do anything for San Francisco, they're going to be good again. Right. Because the pieces around them. I I don't know Mm -hmm. what Arizona's going to have. I don't, you know, is Kyler Murray still going to be there or happy or. Yeah. Who knows? Um, The the Cowboys will probably be good again. The Cowboys will be relevant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I still don't know how good Dak Prescott is to take you that far. Right. Well, and they're the Cowboys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Big hat, no cattle. Right. So, I mean, you know, now their schedule's tough. Extremely. A very Extremely tough, tough schedule. And a game in Germany. Game in Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Which, uh, how happy are they? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know how you say each B9 goat. Tom Brady. But, <laughs> you, you goat know, in yeah, German. Right. I don't know. Yeah, goat in German. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they are, yeah, they, they are happy. And, um, you're good for Bucks fans, man. The, the Glazers have to be like, oh, can we get that game back and go next year? Uh, right. We want yeah. one more home game. <laughs> Although they, yeah. they get they get paid re- handsomely. Oh, they get rewarded for it. But I'm sure I'm sure you know having a, a forty now forty four year old quarterback that doesn't need to fly, you know, ten hours to get to another country to play. Um, and it looks like it'll probably be an NFC South game. I think. I'm not exactly sure, but I think I think that's probably what'll go. They played Carolina over there last time. So that might happen again, but 
Uh, regardless, yeah, the, the schedule's tough, man. I mean, it's you know, it, but I tell you what, it just got a lot tougher for all the teams on their schedule too. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you're not coming here facing Kyle Trask. No, and and you've answered one of your offensive line questions by resigning Ryan Jensen. And over the over the weekend, they also re-signed Aaron Stinney. Mm-hmm. So even if they're unable to get Alex Kappa back, they basically have five offensive linemen that played three postseason games and a Super Bowl, including that. Uh, the same five guys are coming back already. When does I mean, Ali Marpet announce he's coming back? Marpet is not. You know, from what I understand, he is truly retired. I mean, no, you know, I know, even I know. even Tom Brady can't get him out of retirement. I mean, I think the last time we heard from him, he was in Hawaii or something. Ali's a different dude, man. But if you plug, you know, if you get Kappa back and you plug Aaron Stinney in at one of those guard spots, you're fine. Could Ali Marpet pull an Eric Weddle next year? You know, you get close to the playoffs, yeah. you need another yeah. offensive lineman, he comes sure. out of retirement, wins another Super Bowl. Maybe. <laughs> Except I think he's going to, to be honest with you, I think yeah. Ali Marpet in about five weeks is going to weigh about 240 pounds. Yeah. That's what I believe. Uh, and he, he retired, and I know his dad, who was heartbroken, by the way, because <laughs> he doesn't get to see him play football, but he's proud of him. He's proud of him because I think Ali, uh, you know, recognized a lot of things that some the players know and many of them don't talk about, which is, look, this job is killing me physically, okay? And I'm worried. And I'm, I'm worried a lot about the head injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been thumping guys as an offensive lineman from the time I was 8 or 10 years old. Um, I want to be healthy. You know, and that was Ali's whole thing was, you know, he told he told his dad and others, he said, look, I, you know, I want to be healthy. I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to be, you know, have have some lingering effects of playing the game too long. He had made over 30 something million dollars. He walked away from 20 million. But how much money do you need? And, you know, Ali has other things he wants to do. And he want, and he wants to, you know, he, he got since since he's retired, he's become engaged um, you know, to his girlfriend, um, he's he's in Hawaii, I believe, or was at least last week or a week ago, and so he's going to live his best life. And he's just a different dude. And I think I think a lot of guys would like to do that, and for whatever reasons, uh, they they don't. But but Ali's not going to be swayed by Tom Brady or anybody else. It did look like though with him retiring, and then you know all those free agents on the offensive line. It it looked like it wasn't going to matter who was playing quarterback next year because, you know, or this season coming up because they they just weren't simply going to have enough bodies, you know. Few offense, you know, the dirty secret. It's not so much a secret in the NFL. Very few teams have five good good mm-hmm. starting offensive linemen. Very few. If you have five, you're not going to have six. Okay, it, it's just really hard to do. Remember when Kansas City came in here in the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. they. They, they they had rebuilt their offensive line, and, you know, one guy retired, a bunch of guys left, some guys got hurt. And I just knew, I knew that they wouldn't hold up against that Bucks defense, and they didn't. And they got they got creamed 31-9. to nine. Look at this year's Super Bowl. If the Bengals had a couple more offensive linemen. Yeah. They probably win that game. They, they probably get, win they it. They don't get yeah. the sacks at the end, and Absolutely. they go down and win. They got the ball with two minutes to go. Joe Burrow's in control. They couldn't block anybody. When it really mattered, they couldn't block Von Miller. Um, and they certainly couldn't block Aaron Donald mm-hmm. at the end, so that 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 wound up costing you know costing the Bengals. And they they knew going into the season that the offensive line was a problem. That's why their young quarterback had a torn ACL. Um, so they have to continue to address that. But the Bucks will they will find an offensive line uh, that's going to protect Tom Brady again. I think the, you know the injuries caught up to them. I can't imagine it, it and it happens right, but I, I can't imagine another season like the one that Bucks just had, where they will have that many guys injured and key guys. 
I mean, the whole secondary was obliterated the first couple of weeks. Well, and it was at the same positions. That was the, yeah. the the thing that was hurting them was like, you know, four defensive backs are out, or yeah, three receivers yeah. are out, or yeah, three linemen. You know, yeah. You know? I mean, it was it was in it was it wasn't that you had a bunch of injuries because in football you do. Sure, it was the they're all in the same position, mm-hmm. and, and it it you don't have that much depth in the NFL. No. No, the rosters are small, and even though they expanded practice squads, is a reason why you have your starters and why other guys are backups and, and all of that. But, um, but yeah, I, and, and on both sides of the ball now, you know, again, if you're Jordan Whitehead, you have to think about where you sign and do I want to ring and how much more is the money at, at, at this place versus the other. It has, we saw it, we saw it hours after he announced it. You know, Ryan Jensen coming back here again. He got paid, right? $13 million a year, $23 million guarantee. He's not doing it for charity, but he could have got that money somewhere else too. And his, I, I promise you that before Ryan Jensen agreed to terms, I promise you he got phone calls from Tom Brady. And even Jensen, I wrote this in my story, even Jensen made reference to like, well, I guess I better buy some more talcum powder or baby powder. <laughs> Because, you know, the first thing that uh, Tom Brady did when he got here two mm-hmm. years ago is call up Ryan Jensen and get him to Berkeley Prep for those workouts and teach him how to keep his butt dry <laughs> so that Tom Brady's hands could be dry. Uh, and I'll spare you the details, but it involved a couple of towels and a lot of baby powder. Um, and, you know, so so even Jensen made light of that. But those two guys are close, not just physically, but, but mm-hmm. in every other way. And you know that Tom Brady now becomes – the world's greatest recruiter of free agents, which is what he has been the two years that he's been here. Well, you mentioned Jordan Whitehead. You know, I, at at 1.52 yeah. in the afternoon on Sunday, he tweets, mm-hmm. praying hands, thank you, Lord. Wow. Was that Tom Brady? Wow. Man, maybe he's just a grateful religious guy. It was Sunday. I don't know. Maybe. Or <laughs> I, maybe, maybe, maybe he's he a Tennessee Vol fan. Maybe he know. was told Brady's coming back. He could have been. And that the Bucs could have been back. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can read into it what you want. That was a yeah. you know, about five, a little over five hours before the announcement came. Interesting. Look, a lot of guys, I mean, a lot of people knew this and, and were very quiet about it. I, I'm sure, based on how it went down the first time with, with Schefter and Jason Lecomfort, but with Schefter and Darlington announcing it some 70-something hours before Brady got around to doing it, um, I'm sure that Brady was not going to allow that to happen again. He he was gonna he was gonna be the sole person, um, you know that that was going to make this one, and he did so on social media, which is not hard, not easy to do this day and age, right? Everybody talks, and I could tell. I thought it was Deshaun Watson. You know, I, I thought, well, they must really be into it for this guy because everybody went zero dark thirty on me, and when everybody goes zero dark thirty on you at the same time, you know there's something happening, right? Like you. Something, some shoe is going to drop. Thought it was going to be Deshaun Watson or somebody like that, and it turns out, no, it was the old guy. It was Tom Brady, and that's why nobody was talking to you because I got a feeling like this thing came together in the last 48 hours, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, yeah, we're doing it. We're going to do it this way. Here's what I'm going to say, et cetera. And you know what? Maybe that trip to, to Manchester U was really, you know, just an acknowledgement to, to some of the Glazer family and the owners or – Maybe it confirmed for him what he knew. You know, sitting at a sporting event watching thousands of people cheer for another goat and Cristiano Ronaldo might might just drive home the point that like, what am I doing sitting up here? I should be on the field, not playing that football, but 
you know, he, he is that guy, right? He is mm-hmm. the Ronaldo of his sport, and there's no reason for him to quit playing if he really enjoys it. And so um, I don't know to what extent whether he'd already decided or not decided. Um, but you know what? I credit his wife. I, I didn't think after what she wrote when he retired that, that she would be very, you know, accepting of this. His kids obviously have to be supporting him in doing this. Um, they're going, like I said, they're older now and going ages where they have lots of involvement and in activities in school and sports and that sort of thing. Um, but they also know their dad is happy when he's playing football. That's when he's the happiest. And they know that he can still play. And so, you know, would you teach your kids to walk away from something you love just because other people want you to? Um, and again, you know, the family has to support him, not the other way around. But uh, it, it is a, an incredible story. And we're sitting here just like we were the last two years, and the Buccaneers are going to be one of the most talked-about teams, if not the most talked-about team in the National Football League. They just are because they've got Tom Brady. I can't steal this one because I saw mm-hmm. lots of people post this on Twitter. But now Go ahead. Tom Brady's retirement lasted 40, 40 days, One 41, days. 41 mm-hmm. days. 40, 41, yeah. The MLB lockout lasted 99 days. <laughs> <laughs> well... Tom Brady didn't get it. Uh, got a much better deal than than the rest of the uh, Major League Baseball. That kind of way, drives it way, home. Doesn't we haven't it? even talked about the Major League Baseball deal because we taped early on Thursday. That's right. And the deal. Oh yeah, was baseball's done back Thursday after <laughs> it was done after we had taped on Thursday. That's so, right. You know, we taped early like we were supposed to tonight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very early. So early, we're we're not going to do one for Tuesday. How about that? Well, you guys just take this and replay it if you didn't get to hear it all. You know, it's that exciting. Just to hear the news again. Tom Brady is a Buccaneer again at age 44. He's going to play and try to win. You know what I liked about it? He he called it unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, elite athletes, man, these guys now, you know, they've been taught to, they're, you know, we're not. We're talking about Tiger Woods, man. We're talking about well, that's uh, unfinished you business. Know. You want a Super Bowl, right? But he didn't last year. Yeah, I, I realize. I mean, that's and that chip on the shoulder. Just make up a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, but don't. You know, to I be mean, honest with you, they didn't. Now, ex- I mean, you, I mean, I, he probably expected to win the Super Bowl the first year, but I don't think most in the Bucks organization thought that would happen. No, Bruce is. I mean, others have told me he goes. Yeah. Oh, we thought it would happen the second year, not yeah, the first year. Exactly. Yeah, they were a year early, but but. At what point did you, I mean, there were, you know, the one thing I'll say about this is that what was shocking about Brady's announcement when he said he was retiring was if you go back and watch the game and watch his reaction after the game, it's not like when Drew Brees is leaving the, you know, the tunnel at the, at the Superdome where he looks back onto the field and kind of glances longingly backwards. There was none of that. Like you would have no clue that this was, you had just watched Tom Brady's last game. Now I had written it before the Philadelphia game. Clyde Christensen and others had said, hey, I'm looking at it as if this might be it, because it might be it. And, you know, for 40-plus days, it, it, it was it. Um, but, but I think it had to be hard for him just to sit there and, and watch the Rams, you know, go through San Francisco, beat them, um, and then go to the Super Bowl and beat Cincinnati and win that thing, knowing, knowing that they had those guys. They, they had made those guys collapse. The defense forced all these turnovers. Brady threw this incredible touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Then, you know, the Leonard Fournette score, et cetera, et cetera. And they're there. They're right there. It's a tie game 
under a minute to play. Uh, it's going to go to overtime. We know what happens in overtime. Tom Brady wins it. He wins it the way he won it in, against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. He he brings them all the way back in one of the greatest comebacks in playoff history and one of the greatest collapses that the Rams now would wear. And Matthew Stafford, what's the narrative about him? Uh, what, are we, what are we saying about Sean McVay, Aaron Donald? All those guys, they're wearing the goat horns, and I don't mean in the way that Tom wears them, not the greatest of all time, but one of the greatest collapses of all time. And Brady, it had to eat him alive to sit, if he did, and, and, and watch or hear the news when they're talking about Matthew Stafford and how, what a great move that was and how, how genius they were picking up Von Miller and you know Jalen Ramsey, this and that. That had to just annoy him and eat at him to no end, uh, knowing that that should have been his team, that would have been his team, and, and he could still play. You know, this is the thing. He, you know, why, why do, you know, he's always said this, like, does a great painter stop painting because somebody says he should because he's older now than he was when he started? Um, if what he loves to do is paint and he's the best in the world out of it, who, what, other, what other business do we tell people that, hey, you got to stop now. You've done this long enough, right? And, and that's Brady's whole, whole thing. It's like this is what he does best, and he does it better than anybody in the world, and why would he quit? And he's had, you know, a couple of months, not not fully two months, but parts over parts of the last two months uh, to try to examine it. And he knows he's going to be a miserable cuss if he gets to if he gets to July or August and starts watching, you know, people talk about these quarterbacks that he knows he's better than and how they're going to win this Super Bowl and how they're going to be the And, you know, the young guns and the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomes is in. Uh, Joe Burrows, is, I mean, it's going to drive him nuts. And so I think he did the right thing for himself and his family's obviously behind it. But I'm still sitting here all these hours later going, wait a minute, Tom Brady's going to play for the Bucks again? Like, you know? And the cool thing is, full stadiums, we think, I mean, you know, who knows if the world's going to be here the way things are going, right? And the war in Ukraine and all that. Um, but it looks like for all the world that at least, um, you know, we have a handle on COVID. Who knows if there'll be another strain and all of that, but we have vaccines now. Stadiums are full everywhere uh, in every sport. We might be allowed back in the locker room. Oh, by the way, the NFL is not going to test players anymore. Um, so there'll be a lot of change. It'll feel like the NFL again. And that's one thing that Brady and his teammates have not been able to, you know, to enjoy together because they, they won a Super Bowl during a pandemic uh, when they couldn't even – you know, they, they couldn't address each other without a mask on. So uh, everything everything will sort of feel more like the NFL. Uh, and I think we might have open locker rooms. They're, they're already going to open the clubhouses for Major League Baseball. Uh, so things, at least in sport right now, and it could change any minute, feel the way it's supposed to feel. And I would hope that Brady, if he gets there, I think it would be great for his – he's talked about how it would be great for the organization, great for the players – to experience a real Super Bowl, right? Even last year, uh, you know, the Super Bowl teams didn't arrive until all the interviews had been done by Zoom. They got out there like Thursday. It was over by Friday, and they played on Sunday. And and that's not the way the Super Bowl buildup is, right? You get the week off in between, and then you get out there Monday. There's a media day on Tuesday, and it's, you know, it's every single day, thousands of reporters, lots of hype, uh, TV shows, all of that stuff. Uh, and and they haven't done that for two years, and so he he'd like his teammates to get to experience that. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. 
All that we care about is Tom Brady is back, and he's going to quarterback this football team. And now, what an offseason this is going to become as the Bucks and Mike Greenberg, their cap guy, and, and Jason Light and Bruce Arians try to build the best team they can. I think they'll be uber aggressive. You know, what the Rams did a year ago, obviously they got Matt Stafford, but they didn't stop there. They got Odell Beckham Jr. They got Vaughn Miller. They, you're going to see those types of moves, I believe, um, to just put as many great players around them because you truly are playing with house money now. I mean, he retired once. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do it again. So, you know, better take advantage of this small, small window that it is. You mentioned uh, Brady's last touchdown, that beautiful throw to Mike Evans. Yeah. How about the guy who paid $518,000 <laughs> for that football? Oops. <laughs> I'll tell you a story, and this is a true story. I got one for you. Okay, so at least, all right, on that one you could see, right? Okay, Tom Brady's, until now, last touchdown pass, right? Beautiful throw. Like, this is it. He was done. He was going to retire. This is it. So it goes to auction on Sunday, right? Hours before Brady makes his announcement, he's coming back. So, yeah, he's basically sitting there with a, a football that's not worth nearly what he paid for. I got one better for you. So... Uh, Jason Zimmerman, who used to work, represent um, Jameis Winston, I know him very well, or, uh, Tampa, uh, an attorney in Orlando, has some ties to Tampa, obviously. Um, he, he calls me, and he represents somebody. He said, Rick, I got a guy who was handed or, or you know given the ball from that last game that Leonard Fournette scored a touchdown, right? Remember him running in mm-hmm. um, to tie the game? And I said, oh. Okay, well, that's interesting. He goes, well, here's the thing. Reebok or one of these companies had offered uh, this guy, and I, I might be breaking news here, so I, I apologize if I'm speaking out of turn, Jason, but he, he had he'd offered this this uh, person who got this football, because I guess it was handed or thrown into the stands. Yeah, Leonard threw it um, in the stands. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they, this gentleman was offered more than $200,000. For a ball that Tom Brady simply put into the stomach of Leonard Fournette. But it was the last ball that Tom Brady touched. That was his last football, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was it. Mm-hmm. He didn't get back on the field again. And I was like, wait a minute. That's kind of a stretch even for collectors. Like, does that have that much value? He's like, yeah, well, you know, apparently a company wants to pay that. Hopefully I was like, it. look, I said, take it. Take it. I said, because what if, you know, it's one thing if he comes back and it's a touchdown pass and it was his last touchdown before he retired, whatever. He merely handed the ball off. If somebody's willing to pay you two hundred grand for that, and at the time the other ball was was you know the price tag at the time was two hundred grand. It went up obviously Sunday uh, when they got in the bidding. But my goodness, that person uh, who you know who can use the money from what I understand uh, was able to actually um, say yes and good and, for him. Took took that deal and not too soon, I might add, <laughs> because all of a sudden I don't think the ball you hand off. Leonard Fournette is worth two hundred grand, but God bless him. That's what he. That's what he got paid for it. So, so now Mike Evans can give away more souvenirs in yes. uh, Brady's final year. It's just incredible, just incredible. All right, well, we've got lots to talk about. That's for sure, and it's going to be flying at us. The start of free agent negotiating period is today, starting at noon. Uh, teams can make deals uh, with other players on other teams not just their own free agents, as we saw the Bucks do over the weekend. Um, I still expect there to be a deal with Chris Godwin before we get to Wednesday for the start of the new league year. I think the Bucks are working hard on that. That will reduce the salary cap uh, considerably for them. 
Brady too needs a new contract because you know uh, fifteen million dollars of his deferred bonus was sort of given back, and uh, they've got to probably sign him to uh, a new deal. Might even add a year for salary cap purposes as they did a year ago uh, to try to help that out. So they've got they've got lots of going on there, and so there'll be all kinds of free agent news uh, flying at us uh, early and often this week until we get to the to the actual signing uh, date or the new league year on Wednesday. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning broke their three-game losing streak. They finally uh, pushed through on this road trip and uh, won a big game at Vancouver. So we'll have uh, more Lightning to talk about, obviously, as they continue on the road, this, this forever road trip that they got going here. Um, and everybody was kind of gripping a little bit because of a three-game losing streak, but they they get it done. The Rowdies, I guess they won their first game. Is they that tied. right? One, one they tied. tied. They gave up a goal late, but okay. on the road. So they were on the road. And then Major League Baseball, Mark Topkin is uh, uh, covering that for us. And John Romano with the Tampa Bay Rays getting back together. He had a story on Kevin Kiermaier we'll mm-hmm. talk about. KK was uh, pleased, present, pleasantly pleased and surprised maybe that the Rays invited him uh, to spring training because he fully expects, I believe, them to be traded and talked to, or for himself to be traded and talked about that and about how he thinks uh, the Rays are going to win this, the World Series. He really thinks they have the best chance. And Hopes to be part of it. So a uh, good story about that and lots of baseball, of course, that we haven't discussed that, that has uh, once again been stolen from the headlines by one uh, Thomas John Brady. Is so is March is? Madness, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and my Tennessee Vols, which is now my favorite team because I covered them all two days, asked me what I knew about college basketball this season uh, before this weekend, and it would have been mm, nothing. Uh Coach K's last year, yeah. Oh, they got beat, by the way. Virginia Tech won its first ACC tournament title. How about that? Mm-hmm. That was an upset. And so March Madness is, is upon us. That's kind of a big deal in America. So that's uh, that's going to be fun to talk about as well. So huge week, busy week, all kinds of things going on. So we'll do it here. Again, on Sports Day Tampa Bay, thanks for listening. What a day. Tom Brady back in a Bucks uniform for 2022. And I got to get some sleep, and so do you. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.